Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Alex Eagles with a final score of 48, Giants 22. And um, just said to Alex before we started recording that this will probably be our shortest recap episode of the Giant Take Podcast history because there's just not much to speak of. Um, we were outcoached, outplayed, outperformed, outnumbered, outran. Out everything. Yeah, out everything. Like I, I was trying to out out fanned because by the time at the end of the game there were more Eagles fans than than ours. That's not even a word. Um, you know, out cheer cheerleading uh, performance. I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> we were out cheer led. Was that making? We, um, we were even. We were even out special teamed because Jamie Gillen is just drop kicking punts now and. Um, and and they didn't even have their punter actually. Jake Elliott, the kicker, was kicked better punts than uh, Jamie Gillen today, who's our actual punter. So we were even out special teams. So um, we're just gonna, I guess, react to to most of it, um, which shouldn't take any more than ten fifteen minutes of your time, as I'm sure you don't want to waste that much talking about this game. And yeah, I mean, we come away saying the Eagles are best, still the best team in the NFC East in the NFC. And in the NFL in general, they keep their undefeated record away. Now it's six and zero, while the Giants go four three and one at home. They're now seven six and one on the year. Nope, seven five and one on the year, which is the same record I believe as the Washington Commanders, who are on their bye week this week. I want to say, and uh, we saw the Cowboys already. <laughs> the Cowboys, um, the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, we're losing. For well, no. Fortunately, for most of the game, we're losing to the Houston Texans, their in-state rivals, and it came down to the final drive, which Dak Prescott and company came all the way down the field, Ezekiel Elliott capping it off with a touchdown, and the Texans were just that close. They actually did move down the field a little bit um, to midfield with no timeouts left, spiked the ball, um, and then Mills threw a deep throw into the end zone, and it was picked off by the Cowboys, so... They still are second in the NFC East and actually do have a chance if the Eagles drop the last few games of the season, can take over that number one spot in the NFC East, although I doubt it. So um, let's take a look at the Giants players today. We don't even have the positives and negatives as we normally do for wins and losses. We're just kind of going out this blind. Um, and we'll start out with Daniel Jones, so we'll still go in order. Went 18 for 27, 169 yards and a touchdown. He also did scramble quite a bit too. Had a few of those RPO options. Uh, I remember one keeper that Daniel Jones had as well. He also fought for a first down late in the game on a fourth down conversion. Went four for 26 with a touchdown from uh, or rushing the ball as well. Jones in this game was pressured a lot from the inside and outside. And I don't fully blame the guy. I think he had a pretty good game regarding the the way his offensive line um the way his offensive line helped him out today. I mean, Andrew Thomas gave up a sack early, as well as the Giants' first-round pick, Evan Neal. So that was kind of deflating. That kind of sucked a little bit, uh, especially the Andrew Thomas one early in the game. But besides that, I think Daniel Jones did his best with the wide receivers that he has with the weather that was happening today in MetLife Stadium with the rain and the cold weather and the offensive line giving him the bad protection that we know, um, th- that we know, I guess, in Daniel Jones's career has been the protection that he's gotten most of the time. We thought it would be a little bit different this year, and it has been. Uh, but today, it kind of looked more of the same when it came to more of the old 
in his career. Moving on to Saquon Barkley, nine carries, 28 yards. Just again, another dismal performance for him, although he was battling an injury. We saw Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida come in a little bit more uh, than they normally do, which Alex and I expected in our preview and also that Saquon Barkley video did, uh, we did on um, whatever that was Friday when he got ruled doubtful. He did end up playing this game but was playing injured, so snap count was reduced. Brightwell with five carries for 23 yards. Breida only three carries for six yards. Gary Brightwell did have a couple first downs in there, some tough running, uh, I guess, skills for him. But again, just not really number two, number three running back material. Um, That's all right, though. He did pretty well for where he stepped up at. The number one receiver in this game for the Giants was Richie James. Seven catches, 61 yards. He had a late touchdown when it didn't matter from Tyrod Taylor when all the second string players were on the field. And uh, Darius Slayton had another one big catch sort of game. It was a one catch for for, uh, a... 37 yards down the field from Daniel Jones. Besides that, he had another catch. He ended up uh, with two catches for 42 yards. Isaiah Hodgins gets his second touchdown in his second straight game. Was without a touchdown in the NFL until last week. Um, and he pads those stats today. Four catches, 38 yards. Yeah, um, that's all the stats on offense there. I'm going to switch it to Alex because I've been talking for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, looking at the offense, it, it just didn't really move at all today. The, you know, the Eagles have a great defense, obviously. Their secondary is great. Their front four is great. Their linebackers are great. Their, you know, safeties are great. So, really, they've got everything good on the defensive side of the ball. And it was really tough for the Giants to get anything going. Um, I think the one thing that Josh pointed out, you know, he texted me about, was, hey, you know, the first time that they did a Daniel Jones zone read was, you know, midway through the third quarter. Um, and, you know, it kind of felt like Mike Kafka just didn't really know what to do, where to go, um, you know, for most of the game. Part of that being that the deficit became so huge so early on, um, and that really made it tough to play call. So I would, you know, say that. And then along with the same lines that we've been talking, just kind of a lack of talent around the roster. Uh, and then the weather obviously didn't make it easy today either. Um, and just overall, you know, you went through the stats there, this offense just kind of was dragging its feet the whole game uh, and could never really get going, unfortunately. And uh, the Eagles offense kind of got off to such a hot start that it almost felt like the Giants had to do more um, and they kind of couldn't stick to their game plan, uh, which was kind of assuming their game plan was pretty dependent on the fact that defense you know, wasn't going to stop them every time, but at least could get a few more stops um, in the first half, which they just weren't really able to do. And that was... Uh, you know, once you're staring down that 21-0, three-touchdown deficit, then your whole game plan kind of goes out the window. And then when you're for, uh, forcing the ball a little bit more down the field, uh, when this offensive line's struggling to hold up, your receivers aren't able to get open, uh, it was a really tough ask. And we went into this game, I mean, we kind of set this up perfectly when we were recording Thursday night, whatever, the episode came out Friday, it doesn't matter. Um, we were saying how, like, this is the game where we were looking into this one negatively. Uh, we were assuming this would have been a game where the, it would have been a long shot opportunity for the New York Giants to win this one. And I think that was most fans' perspective going into the game that it was going to be a long, kind of painful type of game. And like you said, Alex, the deficit was wide from the get-go. Um, Eagles outscored the Giants 7 nothing just in the first quarter. Giants didn't even have a single point in that quarter. 
Um, and then going into halftime, it was a 24-7, I want to say, lead for the Eagles there. So they were already up by multiple touchdowns and a field goal. So coming into the second half, you already had a tall task for the Giants that they would have to get two more touchdowns and a field goal to even tie the Eagles score. Um, and then the score just went on from there. The Eagles almost got to 50 points in this game. It was so bad that Gardner Minshew came in for the Eagles and Tyrod Taylor came out for the Giants. And even that didn't work. Didn't Tyrod Taylor have a fumble? He fumbled. Uh, he did end up getting that touchdown. But, you know, yeah, was not, nothing was going right for the Giants today. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, and, and you look at the offensive line, I actually have the sack numbers. Daniel Jones got sacked four times, and Tyrod Taylor came in for five passes, and he got sacked three times. And yes, the back of offensive linemen were in, uh, offensive linemen were in at that time. Uh, I want to say Tyree Phillips was in, as well as Josh Azudu. So it wasn't the number one starting guys, but still, I mean, that just shows how weak the offensive line is, or more how strong the Eagles' defense is, like Alex was mentioning a little bit earlier. Uh, but I just had those numbers to share there. Although in the it-doesn't-matter time period, Tyrod Taylor with 5 for 5, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And then moving on to the defense, ugh, that touchdown to, I think it was A.J. Brown along the sideline in the first half. Tough, tough play there. Julian Love, I guess you could say we miss Xavier McKinney in that moment. Yeah, it was to Devontae Smith, by the way. Uh, Devontae Smith. In case whatever. anyone, not that it matters. <laughs> but um, I really think, I guess, that we missed Xavier McKinney in that moment. And maybe if he was in there, he would have had a better... In a lot of moments, actually. <laughs> yeah, but in that one specifically, I, I think maybe Xavier McKinney, you would hope our uh, number one safety would make a play there. Julian Love just reading the ball when... I think... The play would have been... I, I get what he was trying to do. He was reading the ball, and then he just um, winds up running in front of Smith as Smith catches it. I think you got to make the play on the receiver. I mean, as we saw in that Texans-Cowboys game, Alex, I'm sure you were watching it to the end as well. Um, that Texans cornerback, whoever it was, made a play on CeeDee Lamb in the end zone to knock it out of his hands, and the Cowboys ended up winning the game, but that's not the point. Um, the whoever the receiver was for Dallas caught the ball and had only one foot down. Got The ball got jarred loose because he was hit so hard that I think if Julian Love did the same thing to Devonta Smith, there was at least a chance of him dropping in instead of going and trying to play the ball. So that's, I mean, that's the one play I remember that, you know, it would maybe be different if Xavier McKinney was in there. However, Julian Love did lead the defense in tackles like he normally does. He's been leading them basically all season in tackles. He had 10 in this game. Um, I mean, what else do we got? I'm, try- I'm trying to think on defense. If Fabian Moreau in the first quarter, two, uh, there was one illegal hands to the face on A.J. Brown, and then the other one was defensive pass interference. That was just in the first quarter alone. So he had a tough time in coverage today. Along with, you know, other guys like who like Jason Pennock and Tony Jefferson. I mean, these are these are I mean, everyone had a tough time in coverage today, if we're being completely honest. But yeah, those guys specifically. Yeah, these are second team guys. I mean, you just don't expect them to be covering number one wide receivers, let alone two number one wide receivers on one team, and that's why the Eagles have been so dominant this year, being able to line up AJ Brown and Devontae Smith across from each other on the football field, it just puts teams in a whirlwind and they're just not able to catch up. Yeah, I'm, it's just it's tough to play this Eagles team, and you know, unfortunately, we got them on a very good day, and the Giants made critical mistakes, like we've mentioned. Um, you know, I think the most important thing to consider here, hopefully, 
is that this game was never really one that we're ticking a win off on the win column for. Um, and really, it's going to come down to next week in, um, you know, in, in Washington. Right now, you know, as we're recording this, you know, Seahawks are down 10-0 to the Panthers. If they end up losing, that'll be a good result for us. And, you know, it's that's really going to be that big must-win game. You know, you can't hang your heads low all this week. And, you know, right now we should be already game planning for Washington because that's going to be a hugely important game. They've got the advantage over us because they've had a bye week. You know, we were tired, we're defeated, we're not in a great place right now. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, when that kind of stuff, you know, we can kind of use, you know, our preparation, uh, you know, starting a little bit early this week and really making sure that we're ready because uh, they've certainly been preparing for a long time. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? There's not much more to say about this game. Um, it just didn't go well for the Giants. You got to hope that we get some more healthy bodies in for next week. Uh, maybe we get a Dory Jackson back. Maybe we get Xavier McKinney back. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of maybes. Um, I have no idea. Not a doctor. But uh, we, you know, just got to hope that some of these healthy bodies come back and uh, the Giants are more prepared for this next game against Washington. Timu is good, but definitely a winnable game and a must-win game. This is a playoff game. Yeah, I just remembered one positive we could talk about on defense and that being Aziz Ojolari has been fighting through injury basically this entire season um, and when he's come back so far these last few weeks I would say he's made a difference on this defense especially coming off the edge today Ojolari had two sacks on Jalen Hurts so a really good day for him um, so I, yeah I just wanted to give a little bit of credit to Aziz Ojolari before we go off of having no positives whatsoever at least we, we kind of have one here uh, to build off of. But besides that, again, like outplayed, outcoached, they're just such a good team. And it's crazy to watch them flow because they move down the field at an elite level so fast. They're so good. You look at this. I'm, I'm going to go through their stats here. Jalen Hurts, 21 for 31, 217 yards and two touchdowns. They're like, all right, rushing the ball. Miles Sanders, he had that late touchdown. He ended up with 17 carries for 144 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts ran the ball as well, scrambled a lot. Fast, seven carries, 77 yards, one touchdown. Boston Scott, Giants killer, had a 66-yard kick return. He also rushed the ball late uh, when you know it, when it didn't matter. He did get a touchdown, of course, though. A.J. Brown with four catches for 70 yards, one touchdown. Devonta Smith, five catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. And it's really those guys on offense that, um, that get the job done along with just how stacked they are on defense. They... This Eagles team, I believe, has the number one passing defense in the NFL, and I want to say the rushing defense is in the top five, too. So that's why they're 12-1. and one. It's simple. That's why they're 12-1. and one. And Alex, like you said, I believe that game got flexed to, fl- flexed to prime time next weekend, so it's going to be Giants versus Commanders, Sunday Night Football, and the last one last week ended in a, in a tie, as much as we like it, as much as we hate it. This is where it really matters and it really comes down to you do make a great point about the Seahawks game. Again, we're recording after the Giants game rapid reaction right when it ended. So we don't know the final result of the Seahawks game, but hopefully they lose. Really, hopefully they lose because it would certainly increase our chances. Um, I just want to say this team is super lucky to be in the opportunity they're in. Um, I think they've earned it, but they're also super lucky. At 7-5-1, 4-3-1 at home, they're going to a game after they just absolutely got demolished and still have a chance of making the playoffs. I mean, this game, honestly, 
it didn't matter in accordance to our playoff run because we did not expect to win this game. Yes, if they won, I mean, we would have been almost there. But it is crazy that they're able to go into next week and not even really think about this game because it really doesn't matter in the end of things. It's just really a big deal about what happens against Commanders. But yeah, um, can I say Sunday Night Football next week, a must-win game for the New York Giants? I, I think I think that's... I think that's without being said, right? I don't even think you need to add that in. But yeah, a, a must-win game for the Commanders next Sunday night in prime time for America to watch, which I freaking hate, by the way, too. That's so annoying that they flex it because all they're all the entire nation is watching. I it scares me. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, our shortest I think reaction episode we've ever had, Alex. Uh, a few things you can do to help us out: subscribe to the podcast and have a podcast Spotify or wherever you listen social medias Twitter and TikTok the Giant Take Pod Instagram and Facebook the Giant Take Podcast I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of TikTok videos after this week <laughs> I don't think I have any prepared there's nothing there what am I going to highlight um, maybe anything in the press conference that I feel like is necessary I'll put that on there but besides that I have no idea Alex on Twitter at Inori23 I'm on Twitter at Josh Shola 29 and there's one more thing I was going to add, and now I forgot, but I, I guess I could just end with the Giants still have a chance, and we got to be happy, and we're lucky to have that chance, and that's all I got to say. Just got to put this game behind us, forget it, kind of think about it. doesn't really matter that much. Uh, would have mattered if we got the win, obviously. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you all next time, uh, hopefully, um, you know, in better spirits, looking forward to this Commanders game at the weekend. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.